0: I'm looking up, Keep me looking up. looking unto Jesus, looking unto Jesus. So look up, my child, dry your eyes and
1: smile. Good afternoon. And welcome to another Looking Up show on this deliciously delightful Wednesday afternoon. It's August 2 and you are here with uh, yours truly, Danny and I have... Two very special guests that I need to introduce to our looking up audience today. The first one is Matthew Smith. Welcome along. Hey Danny, good afternoon. <laughs> good to see you mate and um, thank you so much for being willing to come and to share your journey of faith with our listeners. It's a pleasure. Yes, uh, we're really looking forward to this fourth and final testimony. So you are the last cab. In the, in the line, and so we are using this as dessert, the icing on our testimonial cake. How do you feel about that? I hope it's sweet, not bittersweet. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope so. And at the same time, we have another guest here with us, someone who I have watched grow up from... Uh, a very young girl To now. She's like a, a wonderful teenager. And I want to welcome and introduce Michaela. Welcome. Thanks, Denny. Good to have you, Michaela. I've got to say, I was like totally shocked and surprised when I saw your <laughs> face. I'm like, what's Michaela doing? She's supposed to be in Warhope or Beachwood where she lives on the mid-north coast. And here you are. So what are you doing on the radio?
2: So I'm in year 10 and I'm doing my business studies or work experience. Mm-hmm. For my school, which it makes you do experience with what road you want to do with your work.
1: Fantastic. So you're, you you are have an interest in the media and radio and all that kind of thing? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Well, you'll need to tell your friends at your school where you go to that you've been on the radio so they can tune in. I lived in Port Macquarie for seven years. It is like the bomb of a place. It's, as in, in a good way, in a good way. Like I'm talking teenage language here. <laughs> Not like my office, which is a bomb <laughs> in in a bad way at times. So anyway, great to have you. We've got Shell as well. Hey. Shell Good to see you, Shell and Shells here directing traffic, as always, doing a fantastic job. Folk, we've got some exciting things to share with you today. So we've got the testimony, and we've also got some current events in light of Bible prophecy coming up in a little bit. But that number, if you want to call us, is 048817624. And you can text in your questions, your comments, and so on and so forth. We have a song coming up now before we move into our current events. And it's entitled, This is Free Enough by Nash Revival. Enjoy.
0: Shame is the weapon of the enemy. The world used it put its chains on me. Doubt was robbing and fear misleading. But when your love was revealed to me, I knew there was only one way to free.
1: to the Looking Up show on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon here where we are in the Hunter. Hope and pray that it's a nice day wherever you are listening from somewhere close by or around Australia. We are glad that you are joining us on this radio broadcast on this afternoon. Our good friend Sharissa, she's still away and enjoying life in the land of the free and a home and a brave. Wow, or the home of the very brave we say these days uh, there's always something going on in America and um, I'm looking forward to Sharissa and Justin and their uh, little boy Judah coming back home and Sharissa joining us to give us an update on what's been happening and what's going on in the United States of America. She's going to like give us an update from the ground. I'm so looking forward to that. So anyway, she'll be back in a little bit. She's coming back, God willing. Um, sometime next week and then in a couple of weeks she'll be back on the radio and we'll look forward to hearing from her. So if you'd like to connect with us, um, ask us a question, any comments, any prayer requests, whatever you would like to share. If you've got any Bible study requests, feel free. Our looking up number is 048817624. That's o 04- four. Triple eight one seven six two four, And we've also got a giveaway, as always. We've got a giveaway that we'll be giving away um, a little later in this program. It's a book from Ty Gibson, See With New Eyes. And this is a fantastic book. I actually have this book in my library. And you were sharing, uh, Matthew, you've got this book as well.
3: Yeah, I do. I do have that book. I recommend it highly. It talks about seeing Jesus the way... Ty Gibson actually sees one of his kids where he could see his image in his children.
1: Wow, so it, there you go. That's just a, a beautiful little promo, and it's really digging deep and discovering the true beauty of God's character. So um, yeah, you're going to really enjoy that book. so at the at the appropriate time, we'll be giving away the code word. We've got a code word. Matthew, we don't just give away things willy-nilly on this program. We've got a code word that they've got to listen into and text to our looking-up number, and then they get the book. It sounds prophetic. Oh, I'm telling you, very, very, very prophetic. So we've got Matthew Smith here. He's going to be sharing his story. As I shared earlier, we've got Michaela all the way from Beachwood there on the mid-north coast love it, I love it. This is going to be a good program, I can just see it. And folk, you're going to have to excuse us because the two of us, we were both born in the same hospital, Footscray in Melbourne, western suburbs, and that explains a lot. So um, that explains a whole heap about us when you realise that we were both born in Footscray at the Western General Hospital. Can you believe it, Matthew? Can anything good come out of Footscray? Well um yeah uh, we'll have to look we'll we we'll look further afield <laughs> other than us. <laughs> so anyway, that's going to be great. We're really looking forward to that and it's great to have Michaela here in our studio doing her work experience. And Michaela, I have got to ask you, how have you been enjoying the morning the morning show? You've been on the the morning breakfast show. Have you been enjoying that?
2: Yeah, it's really good. It's an early wake up, but you deal with the sleep deprivation later on in the day.
1: Have you been having some naps later on in the day?
2: Yeah. So, 2 days ago, I accidentally took a 3-hour nap when it was only meant to be for 45 minutes.
1: Wow. <laughs> I'd love I'd love a 3-hour nap. That would be fantastic. That'd be really good. So, um tell us apart from media and being involved in that, what other subjects do you enjoy at school?
2: So, yeah, music uh-huh. is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Sport.
1: Oh, really that, w- that was my favorite. Yep. And so, Drama. Ah, oh, so anything that doesn't involve writing in a book or doing an assignment Pretty on a computer. Much, yeah. yeah, you're like me. Like my favorite subjects. I don't know about you, Matthew, but my favorite subjects at, at school were recess and lunchtime and, um, home time and before the bell went. For classes to begin in the morning. They were my favourite, my favourite classes. I literally got A pluses for all of them. Being an Islander, um, that's born in, well,
3: born in Australia, but of Islander genetics. So I agree with the lunch and the recess part.
1: They were the best subjects. They were the best subjects. Well, it's fantastic, and um, it's great to have, great to have all you guys on the program today. And I know we are going to be blessed. So wherever you are listening from, glad that you have joined us on this uh, Wednesday afternoon. Like I said, it's a delightfully delicious afternoon here. We're looking forward to having uh, a grand old time. Now, we've got some news headlines, uh, Matthew. In this series, uh, sorry, I should say, on this radio program, we, we tap into what's going on around the world as it connects with Bible prophecy. So we don't just talk about random things like, you know, how the Matildas went in the World Cup soccer or the Australian cricket team or my mate Djokovic, how he's doing and what are his latest, you know, um, records that he is setting. We don't talk about that as much as I would like to talk about Novak Djokovic and the records that he is setting. No bias. <laughs> no bias. <laughs> he's kind of from my part of the world where my parents originate from. He's from Serbia and my parents originate from Macedonia. They're like neighbours. That all used to be part of the former Yugoslavia. Do you remember those days, the former Yugoslavia?
3: Yeah, I do very much so, and, uh, because of the wars and, and
1: Yeah, it's all been divided all up. up, yeah. Yeah, divided. yeah, it's all been divided up, unfortunately. So what once upon a time was Yugoslavia, now is um, um, Serbian, um, a number of... Yeah, there's Serbia, Croatia, there's Bosnia, there's Macedonia, or Northern Macedonia now, as it's been renamed, and you've got Kosovo, and... Yeah, so Slovenia as well. So there's a number of, and I've probably missed one or two. So uh, someone who's a little better with geography will probably text me all the correct, uh, all the correct countries now, all, all the correct states that have become countries. 04 if you would like to connect with us. Okay, so um, feel free, feel free to do that. All right. We call it the Looking Up show because Jesus said, when you see all these things come to pass, look up because your redemption is drawing near. All right, let's talk about a few things that have been happening. The first one is we're going to be talking about global boiling. Now, we talked about that on our way <laughs> to the studio as we were driving global boiling. That's the latest tagline from the United Nations Secretary General um, who's commenting on July as being the hottest month on record. Uh, we had a number of days there. I think there were about three days in one week when the average temperature for that day around the world broke all the records, like three days in a row where the record was broken. And so he said that we have now moved from uh, global warming to global boiling Global boiling. All right, so let me share with you a little from this article. Uh, some of our listeners will be in tune with this because you would have come across it on the news if you tune into the news. But if you don't and if the only news you get is on the Looking Up show, which many of you have told me that's the only news you listen to because it connects with Bible prophecy. You're not interested in any other news. Well, then it'll be news to you. Excuse the pun. This was the headline. Um, July set to be Earth's hottest month on record ex- as extreme heat, wildfires, ravage Northern Hemisphere. This is what the article goes on and says. The United Nations has warned humanity is in the hot seat. Do you like that? It's a hot topic. I'm telling you, this is a hot topic. We're in the hot seat. And I remember our United Nations Secretary-General, he really comes up with these really cool one-liners. I remember a little while ago he shared that um, – how did he put it? I'm sort of going off the top of my head. He said, um, yeah, our – the climate, um, is on the edge. Um, oh, no, 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 no. This is what he said. This is what he said. He says, he said, as, when it comes to this, uh, you know, um, imminent climate crisis, he says, we are on thin ice. No, his way. We are on thin ice and that ice is melting fast. Boiling away. <laughs> <laughs> Boiling away underneath. All right. So, anyway. He said, um, data published by the UN's and the UEP top climate agencies, the World Meteorological Organization, and Copernicus respectively shows the average temperature for the first three weeks of July is tracking significantly higher than the current record set in 2019. It also found 21 of Earth's 30 hottest individual days on record have occurred this month. So 21 of the 30 all-time hottest days have occurred in the month of July. Wow! That has just gone. We're into August. Can you believe it? Uh, the the year just flying by. And um, and uh, yeah, Antonio Gutierrez, um our Secretary General, he shared um, that you know we are we are potentially entering a short mini ice age. Um, sorry, no, no, no. He said unless. Unless we enter a short mini ice age Over the coming days July 2023 would shatter records across the board So he says Climate change is here It's terrifying And it's just the beginning He says The era of global warming has ended And here is his line The era of global boiling has arrived Alright What are your comments on this? From a prophetic point of view Why do we bring this up from a prophetic point of view? Is the climate sharing news with us that tells us that there is a prophetic agenda behind this when it comes to you know the climate and when it comes to a lot of the laws and so forth that are being instituted or or things that are potentially in the wings of being planned absolutely so, so would you say would you say that um, the, the the end time worship war which we know is going to be over worship in, in particular over you know a particular day of worship, and some of the limitations that will be brought in, is there a chance that the whole climate agenda will be part and parcel of that? It will play a role.
3: I think there's some past evidence that suggests that what you're saying is to be absolutely true uh, coming up in the future. For instance, I remember when they were saying that everyone had to reduce their carbon footprint. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they could do is choose a day in which to turn all the lights off.
4: Mm-hmm. Over
3: All those days, mm-hmm. Sunday.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm, yeah. So in order to reduce our, yeah, like you said, our carbon footprint, um, setting aside one day for the environment, for the health of the planet, for the planet to rejuvenate will be seen more and more as a good idea. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so we've we've talked a lot about this in previous programs and we can see where this train is headed. And ultimately, the bottom line is we know that there is a final worship showdown that the enemy is working towards Indeed, that that's is. the bottom line and so this and a whole host of other matters and issues when it comes to the economy when it comes to you know digital identity bills when it comes to the central bank digital currency that we've talked about um when it comes to you know a host of others uh, a host of other uh, aspects of our world changing rapidly is all leading to that final worship showdown so that's the last station where this train World land, isn't that right? Absolutely. So that's what we know. Now, there's there's um, there's another interesting thing that um, I came across, which is really interesting, and that is the UN Security Council discusses Pope Francis and imams' human fraternity proposal back in 2019. Um, a leading uh, Islamic Imam by the a grand grand Imam by the name of Al Azhar Al Sharif. Ahmed Al Tayyib. Man, imagine having that name. Um, From Abu Dhabi, he and Pope Francis signed this um, document on human fraternity. And this ended up being um, an encyclical by Pope Francis on bringing the world together, bringing, you know, the nations, the cultures, bringing peace and harmony and fraternity and friendship. So you've got the climate encyclical and now you've got a friendship encyclical are these two the hot potatoes at the moment matthew
3: absolutely i mean you got to heed some sort of superpower and some sort of person who can come with all the solutions to the worldwide problems whether it be like you just said now danny political unrest Mm. and making sure everyone's friends Mm -hmm. and who else is going to be better suited to answer the questions on climate than that one friend you got. And bringing about peace. And peace, absolutely peace.
1: And the Bible says, First Thessalonians five three, when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them like labour pains upon a pregnant woman and they shall not escape. So we know that the cry for peace and safety, the cry for the planet, everything will be coming... To a point at the end of time It'll come to a climax There'll be a convergence of all these signs That we've spoken of And so we can see that Jesus is coming soon So the United Nations is really pushing for eternity now So you're going to hear a lot more about that In the coming days But in the meantime We are out of time in this segment We're going to be coming back um, After the news and after this song To hear the testimony of Matthew Smith You don't want to go away anywhere You want to invite someone to come and join you
0: Beulah Land I'm longing for you and someday on me I'll stand where my home shall be eternal Beulah Kind of home sick for a country where I've never been before. No sad goodbyes will there be spoken for time won't matter. i Sweet.
5: The popular Question of the Day segment has moved. Lyle Southwell will answer every Bible question you have on his new time spot Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Faith FM. During the Afternoons with Shell program, so send your questions to info at faithfm.com.au or text us at 4 808 56
0: Oh uh-huh. of Jesus.
1: The Looking Up show on this Wednesday afternoon. Wherever you are listening from, glad you have joined my good friend Matthew Smith, who is in the hot seat today, um, using the language of our United Nations Secretary General. <laughs> and so we are going to be listening to his uh, testimony. He's going to be sharing an incredible testimony of how God has led his life and how God has blessed him in so many different ways. And I know that it's going to be a blessing to you as the previous three testimonies have been. People have been sharing with me what a blessing they have been. And I'm so glad that we have one more um, before we resume normal programming or our usual programming once Sharissa comes back and um, and we continue with... uh, with the Looking Up Show, the Bible Studies dealing with current events in light of Bible prophecy. But just a reminder, we have a giveaway that we will be giving away when, um, we give you the code word, so you'll need to be listening in. Our giveaway is a book from Ty Gibson, See with New Eyes, uh, a beautiful book revealing the true beauty of Christ's character. So, it's a book that Matthew has. I have. Oh, it, it's just a beautiful book, and you will want to get your hands on that book. So the number to call is 17624. That's zero four triple eight one seven six two four, and uh, you will be uh, receiving that book if you are quick enough and uh, you're able to to get hold of that book. So also i want to just give a plug for those who may be in the newcastle area i am completing uh discover hope finding peace in uncertain times seminar there at the newcastle university it's at the nu uh the new space building there in the center of newcastle and you can go to the discoverhope.life website discoverhope.life website and all the details are there we are on tonight actually wednesday night 6:30 we're looking at the final showdown uh, what do you think of that title matthew
3: it sounds uh what like end times?
1: It does. It's uh, straight out of Revelation. And um, we're looking at the final showdown, and that's tonight. And then we've got another uh, session on Friday night at 6 30, and then finishing up with two on Saturday morning, where I'm going to be talking about health how to enjoy the abundant life that God has provided for us in His Word. And then I'm going to share a final message on how to walk with Jesus. How to walk with him day by day, how to have a relationship with him, how to prepare for his soon return and how to prepare others for his soon return. So anyway, I want to encourage you if you're somewhere close by, if you've got a friend or someone else that you can invite along, invite them along over these next um, couple of nights and morning and I'm sure you will be really blessed. And Michaela, we want to welcome you again. It's great to have you on board. So hope you're enjoying your time here.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, during the during the break, Michaela was just reminding me of when I first bumped into her. She was only a, a little tacker when she first came to Warhope Church, where I was pastoring at the time. And how old were you, Michaela, back then?
2: Um, I think it was about. Two,
1: two and a half. Two, two and a half, because your little baby brother... Yeah, who is nine not, months old. He was not... Is he taller than you now, Ben?
2: Yeah.
1: Wow. And what about Talia, your elder sister? Is she taller than you as well?
2: Yeah, she was oh, very, so very at, tall. So
1: you're at the bottom now. They've, they've yeah. taken over. Are you at least taller than mum?
2: Yes, I am. Oh,
1: yo, that's all right. <laughs> what about dad?
2: Um, yeah, Talia's getting there, but Ben's like growing and growing and growing more. And Talia's getting kinda of scared because she's just this little bit taller than Ben but he's <laughs> still growing.
1: He's still growing because he's the youngest, so yeah, he's he's got a little way to go. Oh, that's fantastic. So um well that's really good. So oh so what what's it like to be a middle child?
2: Ah, middle child syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> you're always looked at when something goes wrong.
1: Okay, so Which is
2: great. But um yeah, but it is good because you get to like lay back and relax sometimes because all the responsibilities are on either the older sister or Ben is like getting told to do something and he's not listening and doing stuff like that. So, so
1: who gets away with the most? Is it Ben because he's the youngest? Does he get away with the most? Yeah. He's like the golden <laughs> child. Okay, okay. And who? And, um, and Talia, I guess she probably is the one that has to take on board the most responsibility. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Just to
2: drive us sometimes. She's driving. To yeah.
1: Oh. 17
2: man. years
1: old. So she's got her what? Red peas. Wow. Yeah. How exciting. Unbelievable. So there we go. And you are how old now?
2: I am 15.
1: 15. So we literally met like 13 years ago. So no wonder when I came to the studio, I was like, my, have you grown? <laughs> my, have you grown? It must be all that fresh air and sunshine up there and the organic produce um, on the mid-north coast where you guys live. So it's a beautiful part of the world. Anyway, it's great to have you, Michaela. And do give my regards to everyone. Do you still go to the Warhope Church there? Yeah. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Well, make sure you say a big hello to everyone from the Warhope Church. And I know we've got people that listen to the Looking Up show from Warhope, the Warhope Seventh Adventist Church and that, and that region. So you've got a good pastor there, haven't you? David Price.
2: Yeah. He's very good at speaking and his, um, Pastoring is awesome. Uh, and he's
1: like straight up and down, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> like, he doesn't care what people think. He just says it as it is. it.
2: Yeah. Uh, straightforward. He,
1: oh, he, he is as straightforward as you can get. He is a straight shooter. I'm telling you. <laughs> he's a straight shooter. Good old Pricey. I call him Pricey. His name's David Price. And I'm like, um, if the price is right. <laughs> It's got to be David. And anyway, I call him Precious Pricey. No, 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 That's not right. That's not right. I call him Priceless Pricey.
4: So when you see
1: him say, the guy that calls you Priceless Pricey says a big hello. And he'll know exactly who that is. So anyway. All right, Matthew. How exciting to have you on board, mate, sharing your journey. I'm just following in your footsteps, Danny, all the way from Footscray. Oh boy, Footscray, don't, don't follow too closely. You'll end up in the ditch that I ended up in, <laughs> and then you'll end up full time on radio. <laughs> I guess that's why I'm here. I've hit a few ditches myself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we're going to be talking about how God has taken you on this awesome journey, and all glory to God. Now I'm going to have a prayer, and then we're going to then we're going to launch right in. You're going to share a scripture with us. That's going to be a bit of a platform, and then yeah, the time's going to be all yours. I'm going to be asking the odd question or two, but I'm just going to let you be free range. And um, and away we go. So let's have a prayer. Father in heaven, we want to thank you and praise you for the opportunity to share what great and awesome things the God of the universe has done in our lives, is doing in our lives, and by his promise will continue to do in our lives until the day of your appearing. Father, we thank you that Matthew has uh, willingly uh, come in to be able to share his testimony, to share uh, the grace that you have poured into his life. And I know that this story is going to bless many, many people. So, Father, may we all have listening ears and receptive hearts as we tune in to what you have done and are continuing to do in and through the life of Matthew. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, Matthew, kick us off with the scripture.
3: Okay. It's going to sound like an oldie but goodie, but i like to break this verse down mm-hmm. and show how why it has inspiration with me and an impact on me as well. And that's John 3.16. Mm. And it,
4: I'll
3: just read it out. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whomsoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, it may say, oh, may sound, oh, this is a typical, you know, Verse But if I do this one thing It'll give power to the verse And Mm. that is Knowing The great exchange In that verse For instance uh, You've done studies On this Danny Where it talks about There's two deaths Mm. That's right The first death And we pray That we're not part Of the second death Well These are good news Friends or anyone listening In that verse It says that Jesus When he lays down his life We're able to receive Eternal life In summary But it begs the question How is that possible? Well, we're all doomed to die. And I don't want to sound like a doom and gloom person, but that's just how it is. We're not going to live forever.
4: Mm.
3: But according to this verse, a great exchange happens. For my limited life, Mm. Jesus lays down his unlimited life, so Mm. I can have that. So what is he giving me? Eternal value. Mm. There's a power in that verse. If Mm. anyone just reads it for what it is and doesn't look deeper, they won't see how much God loves all of us as unconditionally.
1: And someone once pointed out the whosoever is even one person. In the original Greek, it means just one single person. So Jesus came and he was willing to die just for one single person. And that and that adds even more value to each and every individual.
3: Yeah, I'd I like to paraphrase a, another quote that goes something like this. Uh, Jesus would rather go to the grave uh, f- for us than live in heaven without us.
1: Mm, very powerful. It yeah. is,
3: and basically, you know, there's a verse in Revelation that says he's the first begotten of the dead. Mm. Uh, that's a lonely experience to go there by himself. Yeah, but he's willing to do that mm. in order to live with us yeah. than without us. Wow,
1: powerful, powerful, right. powerful. All right, well, let's start at the beginning. Let's start at the beginning. Tell us a little bit about where you were born. We've already mentioned Footscray, the Western Bulldogs, and, and the <laughs> hospital, so we've kind of given that part away. But yeah, take us from the beginning. So you 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 took your first breath at the Footscray Western General Hospital. Did back in
3: 1976.
1: Okay, where do you, where to from where?
3: From there, uh, apparently, because my dad was a scaffolder at that time, a Mm rigger, and he brought my mother over from New Zealand to Melbourne, that when I was born, the formative years of my life, I actually thought my dad was my biological father, Mm -hmm. it was only until I was in year six, at 12 years old, I began questioning my identity Mm. in terms of who I was, because all my brothers were fair, there were four of us. And to me, I saw myself as... Uh, all boys. All boys. No, no girls, sisters. No sisters. Mum always hoped for a sister, and thank the <laughs> Lord, uh, uh, eventually, in my first marriage, I, I had a daughter. Oh, so that helped mum to absolutely. find peace in that. And, yeah, I just noticed that my, uh, you know, things that I liked in my life were different to my brothers, mm-hmm. and the interests were different as well. For instance, they were very outdoorsy, which I did like to do, but a lot of times I liked to be inside home and read books and be more studious in that regard, that I could tell I I wasn't exactly 100% like my brothers. In fact, there was a lot of bullying happening in school where the kids would say, oh, your brothers are not your brothers because they didn't look the same. Ah. They didn't look the same, so they would would, uh, dare venture into that field of teasing. And they even noticed that when my dad would pick me up that he was different to me, and I'd say the same thing. They'd go, oh, your father's not your father. Wow! Yeah, and it just irritated my my heart mm. for many years in primary school mm. that it landed me in the principal's office because I hit a kid, uh, oh, wow. which I'm not proud to say. Uh, especially when he said the exact phrase, "Oh, it, you're you're an orphan child. Uh, your brother's not your brother. Your dad's not your dad." And then wow. I, I, I released, landed me in the in principal's office, and that's when the principal said, "Mr. Smith, why are you here?" And I explained, "Well." One of the boys teased me about who I am and who I belong to. Mm. And out of frustration, I I reacted. And he goes, well, I'm going to call your mother. Now, if anyone has mothers out there, they'd know that mothers can be feared. Now, my mums they're a short lady. Uh, I'd fear to like know tomorrow because being of an islander background, they have a heavy hand. Mm. And I didn't like my mum's disciplinary So your
1: mum's from the islands whereabouts? Cook like, Islands. Cook Islands, okay.
3: And... um when Dad brought from her from her, she migrated to New Zealand with her mother and father and and siblings. But from there, when she met my dad, he brought her over to Australia to give her a better and what, life. And what
1: what background was he? Dad's Australian. Okay. So like like as in sort of Anglo-Saxon,
3: Anglo-Saxon Australian. Yeah. In fact, this is his Australian name, Wayne Graham Smith, for example. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wayne Graham Smith. That's yeah. as Aussie as you can get. And a yeah. funny short story here. My name, Matthew Smith, mm-hmm. a middle name David, when I was on the train one time and I had no ticket, naughty Matthew back in the day, the police officers would say, okay, so what's your name? And I said, oh, Matthew Smith. And he didn't look like a Matthew Smith. That so. tells the truth. All right, we heard this, these, are. Uh, Cop out names, and you're probably going to say your brother's John Smith, and in fact he is. <laughs> no, I do have a brother named John Smith.
0: Oh. They never believe me. <laughs> <John
4: Smith. Sorry. laughs>
3: still, cop the ticket no matter what. So. <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: I look well. like
3: a Tuikamala or something like that. You could say.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay, okay. Yeah, because I was fascinated by your surname. When well, yes. I first bumped into you, I'm like, what's this Smith business? You don't look like a Smith. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so yeah. I inherited it. <laughs> yes, 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 you have. Wow. So, so that's the upbringing. And so at about the age of 12, you, you discovered that, okay, this was not your biological father.
3: Yeah. So when dad came you know, at my, to my relief, he came to the office instead of my mother. So I was so happy. Um, I, have, I got this theory that, the principal relayed to my mum the reason why I hit the kid. Oh. And he's going, oh, I think I'd better send you down, Mr. Smith. So my dad came down.
1: And okay, and we're going to have to finish off the rest of that story, so hold that thought. Yep. We've got a song coming up now, God Really Loves Us, by Crowder and Dante Bo. So sit back and enjoy, and then we're going to finish off yep. this interesting segment. I've got a friend Closer than a brother. There is no
0: judgment, oh how He loves me I've got a friend And He is my strength He is my portion With me in the valley, with me in the fire, with me in the storm
1: Okay, so you're in the principal's office. Um, your your dad has come. Where to next?
3: So, dad takes me outside and he's asking me, you know, he's giving me the, uh, the 101. And he says, son, what happened today? You know, it's unusual for you to do something like this and to. Mm. So, this was out of character. It out of character. Out of character. Because I was quite a timid yeah. kid. Um, you know, because we get teased, you're not exactly one to be crowd favourite. Yeah. Um, I was very very withdrawn kind of individual. Mm. So there I am with my father. He, he sat me on his lap and he's asking me the very question, what happened? And I explained to him, Dad, a young fella, he said that, you know, I'm not my brother's brother and, and you're not my father even. And it just made me upset. But there's something I've got to tell you, Dad, that deep inside there's a stirring as to knowing... Who am I in our family? Like, I want to know, Dad. Are you my father? That's what I asked him. Are you my father? And I'd like to give this spiritual connections, you know, deep inside, do we ever ask, who am I? Who do Mm. I belong to? Is God our father?
4: Mm.
3: So this is a powerful, pivotal moment that I realize now, looking back in hindsight, that my asking my father, are you my father, had... uh, great implications in terms of me needing to discover who my identity was. Mm. And when my dad came forward and he said to me, well, son, brace yourself, I'm going to let you know, that no matter what I say, you'll always be my son. Mm. So the truth is, I'm not your biological father. What that means is I'm not your natural birth father. But there's a man in New Zealand and he is your natural birth father. When he said that, it was bittersweet for me because it was like a relief that i found the truth at that moment mm-hmm. because uh, deep inside I had these stirrings that I didn't quite fit into my family. Yeah. At the same time, um, my heart broke mm. because uh, I was wondering why that was kept from me for a long time.
1: Mm. Yeah, I can see it's even emotional just thinking about it now. But mm. feel free, you just continue to share. And emotion's all part of sharing our story.
3: And that's the beauty of sharing your testimony is that when you know, like for me personally, I share it every time because knowing that Jesus was broken for me, I'll always break for him. Mm. And um, it just shows the importance of finding completeness in knowing where you come from, uh, why you're here, and what, you know, how you're supposed to live and where you're going. Mm. And for me, that's what started it all right there.
1: And I think this is just so important because we're living in a day and age where many are struggling with their identity. 100%. You know, we're living in a day and age where you could easily term this day and age as the age of the identity crisis, and individuals um, are not sure uh, whether it's uh, from a, a biological gender perspective, whether it's from a, a racial, cultural perspective, whether it's from a you know, society perspective, you know, who am I? Am I valued um, because of my career, because of where I live, because of how much is in my bank account, because of what I look like, because of the people that I hang out with, who my family happens to be, so on and so forth. And people are seeking for value everywhere and anywhere other than where you're, where you've discovered true value and identity to come from, which is God.
3: Oh, absolutely, Pastor Daddy. For instance, if I can give a metaphor at this mm. moment, an easy one. If we take, for instance, a street directory or a GPS, and if I were to tell you the address, and as you're going along that address, I, I throw out your address by giving you one wrong street, mm. you don't get to your destination. Mm, true. And the enemy, the fire of lies has done this with the young people, with this identity crisis that we're talking about. Mm. As soon as you throw in something that differs from the Bible, where God plainly says, for example, that God made uh, you know, man and woman mm. and, and children. Yeah. But clearly says he made us man and woman. Yeah. In, 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 his his, in, in his image. In tw- his image. Genesis one twenty-six: mm. let us make man in our image. And then the enemy comes along and says, you can be whatever you want to be. Mm. And I guess it's perfect time for me to throw that verse out in Ezekiel 28. Mm. Yeah, sure. Where does it come from, this idea that, you can be whatever you want. Well, in Ezekiel chapter 28 and verse 2, it says, Son of man, say to the prince of Tyre, Thus says the Lord God, because your heart is lifted up, and you say, I am a God. Mm. See, the enemy, he started this notion of being whatever you want to be mm. by him saying, You know, I'm not just an angel in this ranking that I'm not content with. And that's another thing to, to, do, to talk about as well contentment.
4: Mm.
3: When God made us, you know, he made us to be content with our identity. But Satan makes us discontent. You know, makes us um, think that we need to be more than who we are.
1: Mm. And sorry, carry on, and I'm going to take off from what you're saying. I, I want
3: you to. I'm just setting the platform. Yeah. Our pastor, it's becoming discontent with the, with how not only God made us, but in such a way where He knows what's best for us
1: yeah. in that particular and, position. And you know what? That's that's exactly how sin entered this world. In a nutshell, what you've just shared, um, God. Created Adam and Eve to live in a beautiful garden, Garden of Eden. The word Eden means, you know, pleasure and delight. So this was a garden filled with pleasure and delight. And God said, I've given you everything for you to enjoy the abundant life. And the serpent comes along and says, no, um, God is withholding something from you that if you were to have this, you would then truly be content. You would be just like God. And so you need to eat from this forbidden truth, uh, this forbidden tree, I should say. And so he was tempting Eve with uh, not only her identity not being perfect in the creator who created her, that she could be something greater and grander, you know, to be like God, but also that she could now be only content if she took on board that which God said do not eat of this tree, um, otherwise you will suffer the opposite to life, which is death and eternal death. So that temptation comes to us from the Garden of Eden, the the, the lack of or the confusion as to our genuine true identity as sons and daughters of God created in His image, and our contentment in Christ. Christ, contentment in Christ, and Satan tempted Eve with those two items. She fell for it, and sadly, the human race has been falling for that lie ever since that ever since that time and especially today absolutely so um yeah thank you for sharing that all right so where did that take you on your journey now that now that you know that you've got a biological father mm. um who's in New Zealand did you want to connect with him obviously you're still very young you i think you're about 12 or so at the time
3: yes so this is entering into my next part of my formative years mm. which is these struggling teenage years mm-hmm. and struggling to find out more who I am and exploring my identity. And at this stage, what I've grown up with knowing is knowing violence from my mum's side. Mm-hmm. And in anything I'm sharing regarding my parents, it's not to lay any sort of um, slander on them mm. because they're just continuing cycles of generational brokenness mm. um, and generational curses come with it. So, for instance, my mum was heavy-handed. That's because her Parents were heavy-handed as well. And my dad, he suffered from alcoholism mm. and and also gambling. And what I've noticed is, you know, for my own summing up of life, it's basically uh, dealing with stresses and what kind of coping mechanisms you use to deal with stresses. And in the case of my parents, my father would use, you know, drinking, gambling, and he's escaping from reality. Mm. Uh, so my mum doesn't know any better about how to raise children except for being physically uh, uh, violent, unfortunately mm. um, Heavy-handed and disciplinary And my dad actually He gave a lot of abuses upon the, the, my brothers and myself My mum included And that's with uh, mental abuse mm. A lot of yelling mm. coming from his side My mum wasn't a screamer, my dad was My mum was just heavy-handed And those two combined can make you feel In mm. terms of intrinsic value, very diminished Very mm. empty And that's another thing that the enemy likes to do Make you feel worthless and make you feel alone Mm. Um, that you don't have anyone on your side. So Mm. I started finding friends that will make me feel accepted and they're into alcohol. So I didn't know any better. I thought, well, Dad likes alcohol. I'll go into alcohol. And that actually made my life quite worse. And this is starting to open the window into when I developed a lot of um, uh, mental disability. Mm. So, for instance, um, I was getting into computer games for escapism, another form, if not gambling, it's still trying to escape from reality. And they weren't good for my overall mental and emotional health. So later on in life, I went through high school, didn't finish, found a lady in when I was in school. I was part of a band, could play the guitar. And uh, you develop this this kind of trend where they call them groupies, where people follow you. And when I met my first wife, um, when my girlfriend became my wife, we had children. I didn't know how to be a dad. I didn't know how to be a husband. And so you were I, young at the time? Oh, yeah. Like, for instance, my first son was born when I was 19.
1: Wow. So you were a teenage dad? Yes. Wow. That's that's pretty epic.
3: Absolutely. And um, it, it's it's easy to
1: have children. Was it's, she your wife at the time or just like a girlfriend, then she became your wife? Yes. Yeah, a girlfriend yeah. became my wife. Which often is the case that's right
3: um, especially with the island traditions to do not be married is frowned upon yeah um, and me being in church at the time was frowned upon as well so we got married uh, wasn't a very a grand wedding but yeah ended up getting married and then later on I couldn't handle um, money very well that one time I took the last twenty dollars that we had to go you know, buy pizza for my wife and my son and I went to the instead of going to the pizza shop I went to an arcade parlor and I spent that money. Oh, wow. And I started running a film in my mind of my wife getting upset at me. Mm. That when I got home, it was worse than the film that was running in my mind.
1: <laughs> it was uh, cataclysmic, actually. Yeah, was, I can uh, imagine. Wow, it was the last $20, and you were supposed to spend it on food. Oh, yeah. I was
3: supposed to look after my family. And mm. it just shows that when one doesn't know healthy coping mechanisms, they make the wrong decisions. Like, yeah. This is one of my case, very selfish. And we talked about, yeah, the selfishness of Satan, sin. And that was my case. And that, at that moment, it actually led me to having a breakdown, because all the guilt that was laid upon me when my uh, my then wife was you know saying, "Oh, you don't care about your family," you, you know, "Look at us now. We haven't we have no food. Um, we don't get paid until a couple of days later." How can you be so selfish? And that just ran through my psyche and through my heart, and it caused me to uh, withdraw. You could say, mm. and when everyone went to sleep, I didn't. And I started going through cycles of insomnia, not sleeping, and led to delusional experiences where I was vacuuming the house at um, hours of the night because, you know, I felt like I wasn't a good contributor to chores. And things just went into extreme in terms of instability that my then wife had to ask for mental health to get involved, and that's when I first ended up into uh, Bungarabi Mental Health, Western Sydney, over in Blacktown. Mm,
1: Wow. Wow. So... So there's a lot that's going on, uh, that you're sharing, um, that took place during those teenage years and just continued to accelerate in yes. the wrong direction from what you've said until, you know, you, you ended up, um, as a father at the age of 19, which most probably wouldn't have been a planned, um, a planned endeavor. Would that be right? That's um, correct. Am, am I right? I don't think you and your, your girlfriend at the time who became your wife, um, But here you are, and you're struggling to deal with life, Mm. and you have now been thrust into the line of being a father. That's right. And yeah, your your wife to be as a mother. What kind of impact did that have on you? Significantly,
3: uh, so that I realised the importance of you know if I could say it to anyone in the community today, uh, the importance of good fathers, Mm. uh, good mothers, Mm. um, because it's important in terms of. What you teach your children. You know, mm. everyone thinks that the public school system or you know, your primary, your high schools and your tertiary systems is your schooling. It's actually the home, you know, you know, godly homes especially. Where love is felt there, it gives a sense of resilience, purpose, identity and also um, you know, self-motivation, and, you know, being self-intentional. It, it all stems from there. So during my times uh, in, in hospital, and I note the word times. It was more than one time I mm. felt in hospital. In fact, all together... It's about six to eight times I ended up in Bangaraby Mental Health. Wow. That I I got I got my files actually um, from Mental Health to see how many cases I had, and it's about that thick.
1: Wow, yeah, which is a yeah. couple inches thick. Yeah,
3: and yeah. Um, the last time I went in, just so I don't stretch out a long story. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. need to
1: come back to that story. Yeah. We'll need okay. to come back to that story. We'll start that story fresh so you've got time. And, folk, I hope and pray that um, you have been encouraged thus far that there is light at the end of the tunnel for all and God is able to do. And this is just the beginning of this journey, and we've got more after this beautiful song.
3: There's hope. There's hope.
0: Welcome with trumpet sound, oh may I then in Him be found. Christ in His righteousness right, flawless to stand before the throne. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand all rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand.
1: You are on the Looking Up Show on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon, and we are here with my special guest today, Matthew Smith. And he is sharing his journey of faith and the way God has been leading and guiding him through all the ups and all the downs, and the way that God has just transformed his life his worldview, his identity, his value, and and what he sees as important in life. And so we have been blessed, and we've got a couple more segments left uh, for Matthew to share. So if you'd like to tune in right now for the giveaway, it's time for the giveaway. So the code word is LU, for looking up, LU23, the number 23, And the word unconditional, and we're going to look at that a little more because that is the word that Matthew has chosen, unconditional. So LU23, unconditional, all in one word, no no asterisks or emojis or however you say that word always, emojis. (laughs) And Michaela's just killing herself laughing, poor Michaela. She's uh, also here doing work experience and thinking, what have I done to come and to hear M-O-G, when it's emoji? Emoji? How do you say it, Michaela? Emoji. Emoji. I knew I needed someone in the know.
3: <laughs> I think you're still saying it wrong, Danny, and you're saying it like energy. Energy. <laughs>
1: uh, I've got no energy for emoji. <laughs> Anyway, none of those LU23 unconditional and that word that I can't say. Don't include any of those in the, in the code. We've got six books to give away. No, sorry, sorry, I misspoke. Four. We've got four to give away to see with new eyes from Ty Gibson. The True Beauty of God's Character, and that's what we're looking at. This is a a very much an appropriate book to be given away on a day like this when you're sharing your story, The True Beauty of God's Character, what God has done in your life. Now, before we went to that beautiful um, piece of music, you were about to launch into another segment of your journey.
3: I, I was, and I still am, and that part is, if I can continue. Yeah, continue, Absolutely. So I thought, just to relate to any folk that are out there, these are the medications that I was put on, as was well the diagnosis. In fact, I should start with the diagnosis. Um, I was diagnosed with schizophrenia. That's one. I was diagnosed with bipolar. Wow. Um, they gave me the following medications, Zyprexa, Epilim, and our mood stabilizers. Um, they even gave me, um, this other particular medication it starts with R, I think it's called Respiridone, and that one is an antipsychotic.
1: Wow. So, so you're on pretty heavy medication?
3: Heavy medications in the beginning. And I believe it was reasonable at the time. So I'm not dissing um, these medications. I believe they are necessary mm. uh, in the beginning, especially we're dealing with imbalances. Yeah. And they help balance a person's mood. And in the case of the antipsychotic, uh, the chemicals in the brain as well. So fortunately, I was on that medication. And what I would do myself from time to time, as soon as I get out of the hospital, I'm, I'm meant to stay on my medication and slowly get it weaned off. But instead, what Matthew was doing, he was stopping his medication altogether to the point that I would relapse. And that's a common uh, scenario with a lot of folk with mental health issues. And the idea is to try and stay on your medication so you can work with your case worker and your doctor, and he'll help wean you off your medication. But no, I wouldn't do that. And So what would happen? End up back in the hospital, and that's what would lead to incident one, two, three, four, five, or eight, nearly up to eight times entering into the hospital because I wouldn't learn to... St- yeah, stop stop taking my mm. medication I would just stop it initially as soon as I can um, reason being I felt that the medication would imprison me in fact that is what it's designed to do, it's meant to keep you from being a harm to yourself and a harm to others mm. but there was this uh, one time when I took the antipsychotic for my first time, the risperidone I couldn't even hear anything and what I found out later upon research it it, uh, it affects your, it blocks your frontal lobe part of your brain. And I learned after doing a um, a health program with Dr. Neil Nedley, the Depression and Recovery Anxiety Program, I found out that your frontal lobe is actually responsible for spirituality, um, morality, and the will. Mm. So your frontal lobe is so important because that's your connection to God. And also it's your place for your will, where you are to give power to your choice. And also it's knowing right and wrong. Mm. So I felt like a
4: zombie
3: Mm. uh, from that medication, especially the risperidone. But thank the Lord, um, because one time I came to a kind of pivotal point in my life where I didn't feel life was worth living. Wow. Because of the amount of times I was entering into hospital, and I noticed that prior to coming back into the the mental health system, I would be going through certain scenarios in church, in my family, in my relationship between me and my girlfriend,
1: um, so she wasn't your wife at this time.
3: Well, actually, divorced. That ended. Up, that oh, ended up
1: that ended up in a divorce. So divorce. it didn't last all that long. No, it didn't. Yeah, um, because you were just having so many of your own personal struggles, and and yeah, it's very hard to maintain a relationship, a healthier relationship, yeah, when that's when right. when that's taking place.
3: That for many years after um, the the demise of my
1: marriage. I had, you could say, an invisible banner on in my head that said "broken goods." So you had a daughter, only one daughter, did you? With um, with your um, previous my older son and my, and oh, my daughter. Oh, like okay, I said, so you got two children: two boy children, and a girl,
3: boy and a girl. And, and yeah, for many years, uh, I didn't want to get involved in relationships because of that saying, you know, one's bitten, one's twice shy." Mm. And so I was giving my heart to God to take over mm. and to give me some sort of semblance. And lo and behold, for the first couple of years, it was good, but then. I suffered from this need to make sure that people were happy and that I pleased people because Mm. at home I didn't seem to be able to please anyone. So you're looking for affirmation. I was looking for affirmation and a lot of it, that it was the beginning of another issue for Mm. me. For instance, I was saying yes to every sort of opportunity in church to serve. For instance, I could play the guitar, so I would say yes to playing guitar. I'd say yes, I'd help with praise and worship. Yes, I'd help be a leading um, uh, prayer person in the front, um, a deacon even. But then I noticed the importance of being organized and not clashing uh, set appointments, and that's what started to happen. Uh, Appointments started to clash uh, with other appointments that I said yes to at the same time that I started to see the negativity of my role, which was actually my fault. I shouldn't have known the ability to say no. Mm. So things were going wrong in church, um, just doing too many things getting burnt out.
1: So you're trying to do good, positive things rather than the gaming and everything else that had led you down this uh, vicious downward cycle. You were looking to fill that void with a whole bunch of good, positive things, but now you would... Now you're once again looking to sort of control the situation. Yeah, and do it um, excessively. Yeah, yeah excessively. Like. Now before you continue on, I probably just do need to insert, we could have some listeners, and I believe we do have, have listeners, um, because, uh, mental health challenges is very much part and parcel of our very complicated and very challenging um, society that we live in, the pressures that are enormous. And so if you do have some serious mental health challenges um, and if you're at a point where you feel, wow, I just can't go on, please talk to someone Thanks. and... um be it a family friend, a family member, be it Lifeline, call up Lifeline if you need to. They are there to assist and to help you and encourage you. But don't struggle on your own. Um, you, you, there is help out there. There is hope and help, and ultimately God wants to transform your life from where it is to where it can become in Christ. And so don't give up, don't despair, and hope and pray that this testimony is encouraging you that there is hope at the end of the dark tunnel. And Matthew is exhibit A of many exhibits of those who can testify to what God has done in and through their lives because his life today is not what you are hearing thus far. And we're going to be getting to where he is today and there is great hope. Absolutely. So yeah. Um, so back to back to where you were. So you're looking to fill that void with just being busy for God. You yeah. Know? Validation. Yeah. Affirmation. Validation. Affirmation.
3: Um, at, at this time too, I have a full time job in an insurance company for AMP, and things not going well there too as well. I'm not meeting the KPIs, key performance indicators, the quotas. I'm not reaching them because there's instability in my home with me, and my mother. Um, there's Because there's, I'm, I'm living with her, and there's relationship chaos there as well as as well as with me and my my new girlfriend that I just met eventually. Um,
1: Was she from church as well? Yeah, from okay. church,
3: from Blacktown Church. We're happily married today.
1: Praise um, the Lord. Okay, so this girlfriend ended up progressing to marriage. Yeah, and she, praise the Lord. She's a keeper. Um, she is a keeper. She believed
3: in me more than I believed in myself, and I wouldn't be where I am today because of my wife. Yeah,
1: she's wonderful, Diane. Big big
3: plug to Diane. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, she's there serving at Avondale. Uh, university at the moment mm. <laughs> um, So I've got to share This pivotal uh, moment So this kind of seventh time I'm in hospital I say to God Lord I had enough of Hurting people upsetting everyone you know I can't make Anyone happy not my mother not my Girlfriend not the church not my workplace um, Something's obviously Going wrong in my life And I don't know what it is but I just feel There's no sense of living mm. um, It's just if you can take my life, that will be great because I don't live anymore. Um, I can't even see my children at this time. This is to my first marriage. Mm-hmm. They were cut off from me. And, yeah, I just basically called it quits um, and wanted God to find a way to help me just put everything at rest. But instead, the Lord, uh, you know, in, in, say, in my thoughts, he spoke to me, you know, gave me an impression saying, look, I want you to trust me because the problems in your life are because you're trusting in yourself.
4: Mm.
3: And you're not surrendering to me. Mm -hmm. And if you get to know who I am, I can promise you that I can take you from where you are to where you'd never dreamed of, where you'll have a sense of purpose, you'll have a sense of value and completeness, and you'll find life worth living. Mm. And God has meant every word of that um, because he gave me a second marriage. Um, we have a son, Samuel
1: mm, um, Who I'm doing Bible studies with Yes Lovely young man
3: <laughs> He is um, And he's taken me from a journey From being a stallman To fulfilling a calling that I once had in high school To actually uh, To become a minister
1: Wow, can you believe that folk? <laughs> to a minister of the gospel From where you were To where God called you
3: And I have a lot to For you to, yeah, to, you to thank um, Danny Because I got the Start my mentorship as a youth pastor over at Hillview, uh, where you hired me, and I've never been ever since. And I've been able to come and help the bullet as well. So, yeah, Mm. I'm following behind you. But if there's anything I took away from God and His promises, you know, they say all the books of the world they inform, but the Bible is the only book I know that can truly transform.
1: Mm, I like that. Yeah.
3: And, um,. Do you have
1: a scripture that, that really speaks to to that point of of God you know transforming having a plan for your life you know taking the broken pieces and pulling everything together again I know that you've got a number of scriptures yeah. that that you um, yeah treasure that are very much part of your experience do you want to share one at this point
3: sure I'm going to get you to help me uh, Danny yeah. um, so I'll give you the references see if you remember them
1: first john four 1 john four eight that's the one there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear yeah, um, like but, but God is love yes God, god is, love. is love it, starts off, is so it love. starts off with God is love it starts
3: off with god is love
1: uh, and then it Thank goes you. on with let me find it here first John four eight um might be four eighteen that i was that I was beginning to quote, yeah. yeah. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Yeah, yeah love. That, that's it. Yeah, verse eighteen is the one that I was referring to, which is which is um, in like manner. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who has been made perfect in love, yeah. Isn't that beautiful?
3: And see, I didn't realize that my life was lit a lot with torment, and especially a torment of not being able to satisfy people and with affirmation and validation that I needed. Um, so trying to gain that from parents, trying to gain that from my workplace, from yeah, schools of learning, yeah, but I found it in, in the Lord that later on, 1 Corinthians 13, mm. verse uh, 6. That's a love chapter. It is, and there's this verse it says, um, well, it actually, goes from verse 4 Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. And this is where I get the catalyst from, which I'll get you to finish my last verse for me when I want to make that reference, Danny. Six, Verse 6 Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth.
1: Mm. Now,
3: John
1: 8, 32. Ah, oh, yes. I was just sharing that the other day in the Newcastle seminar, so it's fresh in my mind. It says, um, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. John 8, 31 and 32.
4: And
3: what I get from that, that's it, Pastor Danny. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Is
1: mm. that truth? John 14, 6. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
3: And he's the one who rejoices
1: setting us free. And John 17:17 17, 17 says sanctify them by thy word. Thy word is truth. It's, yeah. So the truth sets us
3: free. This free. So we re, we really started with the uh, and, John 3:16. Mm, but there's first John 3:16. Do you remember oh, that? Oh,
1: wow. First John 3:16. Well, we're going to have to come back to first John 3:16. That's a powerful scripture. We're going to come back to that because we're coming up to the news, and we've got a beautiful song that we're going to be listening to in a little bit. And after the news, we're going to be coming back with um, the final segment and wrapping up as to where God has led and guided Matthew and his family. And we're going to praise the Lord for that. So sit back and enjoy. Stay tuned, Prince.
0: in disguise Doubt your love as if fear.
1: You've been listening to The Looking Up Show on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon with our special guest Matthew Smith who has been sharing his testimony, his journey of faith and what a journey it has been from those very first moments when he took his first breath in the Footscray Western General Hospital there in inner west Melbourne. All the way through to today. Now, Matthew, you are about to share with us um, a scripture that has made a huge impact on you. We are well familiar with John three sixteen, but this is the same author, but in little John, First John chapter three verse sixteen. So, would you like to read First John chapter three verse sixteen?
3: Gladly, Daddy. And it says this: By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren.
1: Mm, wow! So why why is this scripture significant?
3: Because it shows that what Jesus did for me personally mm. is sufficient for me, but it's not enough. Like uh, I'm sure you've heard this quote before, Danny. It goes like this: "God loves us as we are, mm. but too much to live us the way we are."
1: Mm, so true. That's the woman caught in adultery mm-hmm. in John eight.
3: And I I I can absorb the fact that. We are saved by grace, absolutely, no doubt about it. And I'm not um, saying that um, anything against grace. Like, I'm all for grace, but this is our favourite story in the Bible about the Good Samaritan. Mm. And you know, at the end of that story, we know that uh, the Good Samaritan, he gave two pennies mm. to the innkeeper to look after uh, the man that was hurt on the road. And I'd I like to say that the two pennies, the two currencies of heaven is absolutely grace, but, uh, and I'll use some secular evidence to support what I'm saying, but it's not enough um, because we need some sort of order in our lives. We need God's law. Mm. And I say this you know, you know, with conviction because I notice a lot of our churches can preach just grace and grace alone. Mm. And it seems to be flooding a lot of the churches with a few exceptions to other churches teaching a lot about the law. But I notice that you need both. Because mm. here's, here's my um, anecdotal evidence. We you know, we talk about um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. That, for example, you take a boy off the street or a girl, the first thing they want is not a prophecy seminar. The first thing they want is to know, is there any shelter, is there any food, mm. before they can even trust anyone. Mm. But later on, when they have uh, a sense of feeling belonged, the last step in that process is what they call self-actualization. And to me, that self-actualization is actually the, the foregrounds and the beginning of a sense of semblance and order in a person's life. Mm. And that's where I liken that to God's you know, two coins from the Good Samaritan. God's grace. When you are in the pits, you need God to help pick you up. You can't mm. do anything for yourself. Mm. But when God plants you on your feet, he gives you a place of order. We call that that, that walk of sanctification. but mm. And it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a daily walk for the rest of your life. Absolutely. And I, I thank God for that. Those two mm. things: we need His grace and we need a sense of order. So
1: they're they're basically two sides of the same coin. Two sides and, of the same. And um, or someone has pointed out, you know, that's yeah. like um, rowing a boat. You know, you need you need the left. Or and the right or in order to move in the, in, in straight and to, and to make progress. If you're it, only just going with the right or with the left, you're going to go around and around circles, in circles go around in circles. And really Ephesians chapter two, uh, verses eight to 10, that's that famous passage. Most people know verses eight and nine, you know, for by grace we have been saved through faith and then not of ourselves, lest anyone I should supposed. vote, you know, so we've been saved by grace. It's true. Mm-hmm. Um, by faith, you know, in Christ alone, but it goes on in verse 10 and says, for we are his workmanship. Yeah, really. You know, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Good works. So, um, you know, James talks about, you know, faith and works go together. You know, um, our works are the evidence of our faith. Yes. The works in our life, our experiences, our you know, is, is the fruitage of the faith that we have in Christ. We're not saved by works, but the works show that we have been saved. And they're the fruits. And they're the fruits, exactly.
3: And a lot of the time they're unseen fruits because right. we're not working um, for recognition. No. It's like when the Bible says, don't let, don't let the left hand over what the right hand is doing it's the Holy Spirit that is working within
4: us. Well, that's
1: what Jesus said. And just to finally close off on this in Matthew 25, the sheep and the goats, you know, when the sheep, uh, when Jesus says, you know, you saw that I was hungry. I was thirsty. I was naked. I was, I'm in prison. I was sick. Um, you know, you ministered to me and they're like, when did we when, see you? When did we see you? We when? didn't even realize. So, so because they had Christ in their heart, it was a natural response to his grace. Yeah. And that's what you're saying. Now yeah. tell us, oh, sorry. I was going to ask you, um, where, whereabouts are you now? Because now you are, you're involved in a wonderful ministry. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that?
3: Oh, God's got to be glorified because he's had a hand in, yeah, once again, orchestrating my life. Uh, in looking back in hindsight. Mm. And this is where Pastor Wayne French comes in, Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Wayne French. And he gave me this wonderful opportunity to help him on this ministry called the TUT, short for Tutankhamun Roadshow. And basically. Is this the
1: Tutankhamun from Egypt, the famous Tutankhamun? Absolutely it is. Okay.
3: And unfortunately, it's not the original Tutankhamun. It's just replicas of Mm -hmm. uh, the the pieces from um, the different artifacts that we have in terms of replicas and copies. And what it is, it's a prime mover, a truck, that pulls essentially a semi-trailer, and that semi-trailer is divided into three rooms, mm-hmm. and each room uh, has a name. We call the first room the code room, the second room is called the uh, the tomb room, and the last room is a separate presentation called the scroll room. Mm-hmm. Basically, uh, the first two rooms deal with the life of Tutankhamen, and in the tomb room, his sarcophagus, with the 5,000 pieces of gold that surrounded him. The last room is the Dead Sea Scrolls, and a presentation mm-hmm. to itself. Now, it's archaeology and technology combined, so the kids will experience... Uh, so you go around to schools? We do. Primary schools, high schools? Christian schools, private schools Wow. as well. And but mainly in, and generally, we deal with years seven and eight. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, by request of the teachers, we allow some of the seniors to come and have a bit, bit of a look because they never had that opportunity to do so. So we allow for a handful of them. But I have found ministry on that truck because it allows me the opportunity... They show historically and by archaeology that the Bible is real. Mm, and it can f- be trusted. It can be trusted. And for many young person, is still trying to form their identity. Mm. Now, where did I come from? I want to give a short testimony. There's a young fella um, who was looking in room three, the Dead Sea Scrolls. We have Nebuchadnezzar's bricks in one of the windows.
1: Wow. Replica. Replica. Wow. Oh, no, no. Ah, see, a real brick r- from Nebuchadnezzar's time and from his city that he built. City he built. And wow. the bricks that has his signature on it because... Wow. He was so self-inflated
3: with his ego yeah. that he would sign his signature on every brick yeah, yeah. and roadwork and wall of his, uh, of his kingdom. So I will talk about that particular two bricks, and I'll link it to a replica of the Cyrus Cylinder that we have as well. Mm. So this one young person, I, t- I told him, because um, he said to me, are any of these real? Like, yeah, you know, what significance does this have? Well, let me tell you that these bricks, or Debuchadnezzar, you can find about his story in the book of Daniel. Wow, I encourage you to read Daniel 2. Mm-hmm. And you can find out about the prophecy of Isaiah. Just use Google mm-hmm. and look up Cyrus, and that'll give credit to the Cyrus cylinder. Mm-hmm. So why do I mention Nebuchadnezzar to you? Because Nebuchadnezzar is the one that enslaved the Hebrew people for 69, 70 years, where Cyrus is the one that set them free after those 70 years. And it says mm-hmm. so, yeah, mm-hmm. can read that Cyrus cylinder. And he just had this flawed look on his face like, what? Are you serious? Went away for a couple of minutes and did what I said, looked on Google, come back, and he said, you know, I've been quite an atheist um, a lot of my life. Like so this is a young kid? A young boy, year seven. Wow. And he goes, I've just had a newfound desire to believe in this Bible that I've neglected.
1: Wow. Wow, that's amazing. What a testimony. It is. And so what you're doing is you're going to schools all around New South Wales. Yes. Um, because you guys go far and wide. As north um, as
3: Lismore and as south as Leeton. Wow. There <laughs> you go.
1: And out west as well.
3: As west. Yeah. And
1: even towards like a Dubbo orange. Oh wow. So you've been all out there. And so you're basically helping the children not only, um, discover, you know, th- the incredible history of Egypt uh, But also that last room On the King Tut Truck Or the Tut Truck as, as it is known Has got the Dead Sea Scrolls Which um, gives very clear evidence That the Bible can be trusted That what we have in the Old Testament In particular Because that's what the Dead Sea Scrolls Are in connection with The Old Testament Scriptures Those 900 scrolls that yes. were found um, That the Bible has remained um, accurate. All the way through all those all those, tra- all those scribes that have um, copied it, it has remained accurate pretty much 99.9%. There might have been a little bit here and there. And so this gives credibility. And so the children, like you said, the, these young people now, they, this is not like fairy tale. This is not Disneyland stuff. This is the real deal. They can put their faith and trust in the Bible because the Bible is accurate. And the prophecies have come true. If God says it, I believe it. Wow. So that must give you a lot of joy uh, ministering to these young people.
3: It does. You know, it's like more scales on my eyes being removed by mm. God's grace in leading me in my path and my contribution to society. Like, look look at my name once again. It's not Denzel Washington. It's Matthew Smith. It's a common name. Mm. So if God can use me, like I'm a nobody telling everybody about somebody, then mm. Jesus can save anybody.
1: Mm, I love it. Can you say that again? That, that is just I, so well put.
3: I'm a nobody telling everybody about somebody named Jesus who can save anybody.
1: Oh, I like that. I like that. That's worth bottling, folks. Put that on the back of your toilet door. Um, put that there where you where you look at yourself in the mirror to see how nicely you look. Put those words there. And that is, that is what life is all about, isn't it? Appointing yeah. people to Jesus. So now you have got a story to share where God has taken you from where you are to where you are today. And today... Instead of being one that wants to check out of life, you are now sharing the true life. You are sharing the abundant life. You are sharing the one who is the way, the truth, and the life with these young people in the schools. And I guess teachers are there tuning in and listening in. And so you're... Can I just add one? Yeah, go for it.
3: And also to let people know that you're loved. Mm. Because I lived a lot of my life thinking that... um, yeah, i don 't know where, where I belonged i mm. uh, didn 't know any sense of love, and to know that when you feel loved you 'll know that God will take care of you because that 's his promise to you. If you can trust him, have that faith as we were talking about earlier, Danny in him who will provide that abundant life
1: mm. so regardless of of whether whether you came into this world planned or unplanned, regardless of whether you came into a loving family or whether you came into a family that was dysfunctional, whatever family, however you happen to come into this world, you are loved by God, you are precious, you have an identity in Jesus Christ as his son or his daughter.
3: And God's unconditional love will help you to navigate the conditions of this life.
1: Mm, wow, that is just so, so powerful So there is hope for every single person No matter who they are To discover their true identity in Jesus Christ I believe that's probably one of the most important messages That can be shared today
3: Absolutely,
4: absolutely, Dan
1: So you have many opportunities to share And um, so how is this impacting your experiences there at church And um, and how you're able to share and with young people And not so young people
3: So there's two things that have happened now One of them is uh, because of the trauma of going into the hospital, the Lord has blessed, um, my mind to deal with details. So I like to, um, talk to people about the things that they value. For instance, I know the names of your pets.
1: Yeah. He's the only one, folk, who got it. Yeah. He's the only one when in a text message he says, hi, hi to your wife and your daughters and your pets. And he yeah. knows them by name. Yeah. So Gracie is your dog. Uh-huh. Then you got, uh, Elliot and Ella. Yeah. Then you got Ajax. And. Uh-huh.
3: Oh, Gypsy, yeah, Gypsy. gypsy Ajax,
1: I'm telling you, folk, no one. I mean, when Shell texts me, she never says, you know, say hi to your pets, you know, give them a big hug and cuddle. Never happens, or Charissa, or anyone. But you are the only one. So, yeah, so you've got a real interest in, in people's details and, and, and the things in their lives that are important to them. Yeah, empathy. Mm. Um, God's
3: given me the gift of empathy to feel people's pain. Um, and that only can it come from someone who can feel my pain, and that's God.
4: Mm, so you can wow. go to him
3: anyone can go to him with your pain with your brokenness yeah because if anything I've learned in life the only reason why we hurt people because hurt people hurt people mm, true. but I can heal her. People.
1: Amen. 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 Oh, what a great way to end this testimony. Well, folks, um, we've been blessed to hear Matthew Smith's journey and the way God has led and guided him. And I pray that that gives you much hope and blessing. And so we're going to listen to a song before we come back with some closing uh, thoughts. And I hope and pray that you sit back and enjoy. And uh, we'll be signing off in just a little bit. our final leg we've turned the corner we're in the home stretch halfway down the home stretch and i hope and pray that you have been blessed as we have been on this journey of faith with matthew smith and just discovering how god has led and blessed him in an amazing and miraculous way and so matthew i want to thank you on behalf of all of our listeners that have been tuning in this afternoon for you sharing your journey of faith and uh to encourage each and every person, no matter where they're at, that our identity is in Christ, he has unconditional love, he is filled with compassion, he is the way, the truth, and the life, and everything else that you have shared, um, that we find meaning and purpose and contentment only in Jesus Christ. So thank you so much for sharing. Do you have a, a final scripture that you may want to share with our, with our listeners? And then I'm going to invite you to pray.
3: I sure do. Um, there is a verse in Jeremiah. Uh, I was trying to think I know how the reference goes I, Sorry, I know how the verse goes I should say Which one is it? 29.11? Uh, no, it's the one that You'd be able to get it, Daddy If I say it like this um, The Lord have appeared of old unto me Saying, uh, I have loved thee with an everlasting yes, love that, Therefore with loving kindness that is, I, thee. I think that's
1: Jeremiah Jeremiah 33, 33 I think verse 3 Try Jeremiah 33 I verse found 3. it You found it? Where is it? It's 31 Oh, 31 Verse 3 Ah, oh, there you go would you like to read that?
3: Yeah. It says, The Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, Yea, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn you.
1: Wow. That's powerful. It that is. That is so, so powerful.
3: You know, I think if a lot of people get to know um, that other verse in the Bible that we know, the one that says, um, and um, this is, oh, I'm paraphrasing, you probably know word for word, Danny, the one that says, um, this is my hope for you, that you may yeah. know God yeah. and he who has Yes, um, who sent me? Um, All right,
1: sorry. yes, 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 yes. Um, that you may know him and the one who has sent me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is eternal life this that is they may life. know the the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That's John seventeen three. John seventeen three. So I like to tie those
3: two verses mm. together because in that people will start to learn that wow, God knew me before I was even born.
4: Yes, mm. He mm.
1: did. True.
3: And. What the meaning of life is is the answer in that second reference, mm,
1: John quote, seventeen three. Yeah, that's this the meaning is eternal of life. life. That they may know you, the only true God, yeah. and Jesus Christ, the Mucian. That's the that's the meaning of life. That's the meaning of life. And that is eternal life.
3: So people got this misconstrued idea of who God is. Yeah, like oh uh, he's this bad guy. Or yeah. this. I mean, he's not. Get nah, to know him personally in the Bible. He's not.
1: Praise yeah. the Lord. Thank you so much. Would you like to have a prayer for all of our listeners? And thank you so much.
3: Gladly. Loving Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much that you tell us that you love us because we're looking around trying to find who we are in things and in people where there's no value. But when you speak to us, telling us that you have appeared of old and you have loved us with an everlasting love and to know Jesus who gave himself, surrendered himself, died for us, this is the power of your love, that you're willing to go to the grave without us than to live in heaven without us. Mm. You want us to be there. It's not about places or gold. It's about relationships continuing forever, the mm. love that cares for, for us, not only so much, but absolutely. Thank you for your love. Forgive us for anything we've done because forgiveness is a power that sets us free and helps us to be free to love you as you freely love us. We ask these things in Jesus' name.
1: Amen Amen, and amen. Thank you so much Matthew and thank you so much Michaela for being in the driver's seat today so she's been helping produce and thank you so much. Well done Michaela
2: Thank (laughs) you for having me.
1: And make sure you say hi to your family and all the Warhopians and once again we're always thankful to Shell who is our Thank you Shell. She (laughs) does a fantastic job and so folk I hope and pray that you have been thoroughly blessed with this program. Just a reminder that the Adelaide Drive Time show continues right after this so don't go away and continue to tune in so just folk remember that fear looks around regret looks back but faith always keeps looking up keep looking up jesus is coming soon and until next time may god bless you and bye for now
0: keep looking up don't give up don't give up when there's pain deep in your heart Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up Should the tears begin to start With a prayer, all your cares He will cast into the depths of the sea His love is always there for me
5: You need answered, the popular question of the day segment has moved. Lyle Southwell will answer every Bible question you have on his new time spot Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Faith FM during the afternoons with Shell program. So send your questions to info at FaithFM.com.au or text us at 048-808-56.